you ever need something like completely mindless to do to kind of clear the head? Well, I was looking for something like that these last few weeks. And so I pulled out a puzzle. Okay. When is the last time I pulled out a puzzle? Never, (laughs) but I did. And as I did, I found that some pieces went together pretty easily and some pieces took me quite a long time to figure out the right place where it belonged. And it reminded me a lot of gaining a witness of Jesus Christ. How finding those pieces of our witness, some come pretty quickly and some take some time. But when the finished product is done, there is nothing more satisfying. I hope you enjoy the conversation with Jason and Zinn Norgren. They are amazing people. You want them at your party and you want them with you in every challenge you face. They stand as a witness as in their professions and also number one priority in their homes. And I hope that you enjoy listening to them, their perspective, and probably laughing a little bit. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to our episode two from the Well Podcast. I am really excited about the friends that have joined me today on the call, Mike on this call um jason and cindy norgren if you know them you want to be their best friend that's all there is to say about that thanks you guys for being on this with us thanks ashley we're excited you bet uh jason and cindy they mean a lot to my husband and i jason and my husband nate have been how you guys have served together in how many different capacities like a good handful right jason uh, yeah, I would say I keep riding his coattails. <laughs> no, no, they're just a perfect pair. And then Cindy and I have served together in Relief Society. They're really just like our brother and sister. They just mean the world to us. So I'm just well, really excited that you guys are here. Every time you serve with Ashley and you get released, you have to cry because you're so sad. <laughs> so I cried for no, a we... very long time. So hopefully we get called to do something again in the future. I know. Together. I know. I'm hoping for a library. Do you want to? Oh, I do library in a heartbeat. Yeah. 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 We do okay. that. Yeah. 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 Submit. Awesome. Okay. Jason is um, going to tell us a little bit about you guys and your family. Jason, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about you? Sure. So, so Cindy, she, she grew up in Texas and she served her mission with my sister in Uruguay. Um, Cindy's Hispanic and I went, I got a call on my mission to Mexico. And uh, while I was there, I was getting pictures of my sister on her mission. And then those pictures was, Cindy, when I came home from my mission, um, I needed to be lined up with somebody. So I pointed to this picture that I've been using as my bookmark, and my sisters uh, pretty much lined us up on, like, this, I think December 28th of two, 1999. I proposed to her the following Easter. We got married the following August, and we've since been married for 20 years. Our marriage has been blissfully has happy. been amazing. Yeah. Um, Cindy, you you do know that Spirit's going to testify to truth to the listeners, right? <laughs> hey, we've had hard Okay, just make we sure that we're through. no. We're happy now. No, it's it's going to be. It, it's been a wonderful, wonderful marriage, and as a result, we have three amazing kids. Um, one who's preparing to go on his mission. He'll be eighteen this August. His name's Gavin, but most everybody around knows him as Tarzan. Um, but he's we've got amazing kids. Uh, he's a swimmer. Evie's a basketball player, and our youngest is is uh, gearing up to start up swimming and possibly football this year. 
and our kids are 17, 14, and 12. And we've been in the neighborhood for about, I don't know what, maybe 10, 11 years. And we've found that this has been the best place to live. And so we kind of think we're going to be lifers here. I hope, here yeah. We're not moving. I hope so. So, Sydney and Jason, tell us what you guys do for work. It's, what I think it's just fascinating. Do? Well, like trying to get by with <laughs> with our kids <laughs> or like professionally? <laughs> like professionally. Oh, Cindy. so Jason is a super superhero in our family. He's a, a police officer for Salt Lake PD. And um, he's a detective now. He's You've been on for what, Jace? Four years with Salt Lake, but he was on for 13 with Layton and it'll be five uh, years yeah in a five? couple months um and five years in March to retirement close two years to retire oh my god I, what are you two gonna do with each oh, other oh we're gonna vacation <laughs> yeah I have my okay let me interject stuff. here <laughs> just because I read just because I retire doesn't mean we are financially set for <laughs> no, retirement it just means I'm collecting retirement and I have a different occupation yeah, and that's why I work too, though. So I have a business at home. I do upholstery at home, so it supplements. So I'll pay for the trips. Her business, her business is amazing. She she pretty much self taught herself about three and a half, maybe four years ago to do upholstery, and now she's amazing. She has Chalk and Fable. You can see everything that they do on Chalk and Fable Facebook. Um, she's been on Studio Five twice. She'll be on Studio Five what oh. January twenty seventh. What day are you going to be on there, Sandy? Let's not say that date, right? Yeah, when are you going to be on <laughs> Studio Five? She'll, she'll be back on. What? She'll be back on Studio Five on either the twenty seventh or twenty eighth of this month. The they just keep month. calling her. That's yeah. It's kind of she's made for TV. I, I I I made more for this video chatting that we're doing. I think. <laughs> without the cameras <laughs> this is a little more fun for me but it has been a good experience it's been fun to meet people and just to work with the public has been fun since I oh, yeah awesome. it's it's awesome oh I love it well the reason why I um was really wanting and hoping you guys could visit with me today on the podcast was because of the focus of the podcast. And if you know Jason and Cindy, you know that their lives are incredibly full, um, but they have experienced a gamut of all different kinds of scenarios, all different kinds of experiences with a lot of different kinds of people. And the focus for this um, these next couple of weeks in our institute study, uh, the word we're gonna choose is witness. And I feel like there are no two people greater or more qualified to talk about standing as a witness of Christ than Cindy and Jason. Oh, so I'm excited gosh. for you guys just to air all the doors. <laughs> there, there's a lot. <laughs> I have been witnesses of Christ. So it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. So we're going to dive in if that's yeah. okay with you guys. Yeah. You guys ready? Let's do it. Sure. Okay, great. Um, so like I said, the focus for today, um, these next couple of weeks in Institute is witness and the assigned study is DNC five through nine and the come follow me is it's about in that same area, DNC three through nine. And I, what I wanted to start is in, um, DNC five. I love 
um, these first couple verses in verse 9 and verse 12. Um, it says, Behold, barely I say unto you, I have reserved those things which I have entrusted unto you, my servant Joseph, for a wise purpose in me, and it shall be made known unto future generations. Yea, they shall know for a surety that these things are true. For them, heaven will I declare it unto them. And I love those two first verses because the context of verse of section five is um, is that Martin Harris was wanting to really desiring to be one of the three witnesses to see the plate that Joseph was translating, and so really all these next couple sections are about being a witness of Christ um, and learning it through different people's examples. So the story with about five or six people. But my dad is, is kind of unique. And anyway, they just had a house. Their house was just not a good feeling. And my dad had kept talking about just the feeling and presence that he had felt in his home. And I uh, had asked him, and he's distant from the church. He was a return missionary, but he's distant from the church, unfortunately. Him if he had ever blessed his home. And he said, no. And he said he didn't have any plans on doing that. Plus, I don't know if he, you know, feels like he's in tune with the spirit enough to actually perform a blessing on the home. But one day I needed to return a snow shovel and I drove over to my dad's house to return it. And along the way, I had this feeling that if my dad's not there, I'm going to give a blessing in his house. And as I was driving over there, I could start feeling like this negative energy. And as I got to his house, I went and popped up his garage door because I know the code. And I go in the door and I yell, I yell out to, to my dad and I got no response. And I called a few times, but the presence was so awful in this house. As, and I've never felt it like this ever. And I didn't even dare walk through the house to inspect if people were there. I made it just to the living room. I realized that no one was there and I was going to give a blessing on that house and I knelt down in the front in the front room and when I closed my eyes I felt this wickedness and evil and I felt like it was staring me in the face and I was so frightened I didn't dare open my eyes and I was truly afraid anyway I started performing the the blessing on the home and as I was doing this it literally sounded like a pig was squealing and running from room to room to room. And it went downstairs and it went out what seemed to me like the back door and the back door slammed shut. And I'm only sharing this because it wasn't until I had that experience in my dad's house that I can somewhat relate to Joseph Smith at this moment. Joseph Smith had much greater um, intentions and a movement and the restoration was falling on Joseph Smith. Mine was simply just to eradicate this home of whatever ill spirits that felt that were there. But from that day, I absolutely can relate on a very small scale to Joseph Smith. And as a 14 year old boy, kneeling down in the woods and having a prayer like that. I can't imagine what he did. I did it as a grown man, as a police officer, thinking that, you know, I was frightened. 
But I realized the power of the priesthood. When I blessed that home, it eradicated that home of any ill spirit. And I later, a couple of years later, had talked to my dad about the feeling in the home. And he had said that the feeling and presence has been just fine. And I shared with him my experience. And I told him I had blessed your home, dad. And he had thanked me for doing that because the feeling had been good. But I have always had a testimony of Joseph Smith when I shared that first vision of my mission. But having had that personal experience, I know of a surety that Satan will do what he can to disrupt the, the work of the Lord here on this earth. Anyway, I just thought I would share that with you. And Thank you, Jason. That's, that's powerful. And I think um, it reminds me of the statement that Joseph made that I knew it and I knew that yes. God knew it. And I think you're right. I think that um, the adversary wants to disrupt any desire or seeking we have to develop a witness that Jesus Christ lives. And sometimes those witnesses come um, pretty powerfully and sometimes they come a little more muted. But I'm curious when you were talking with your kids um, about this, about the first vision and about the darkness versus the light, how um, have you talked to your kids about gaining that witness um, even with the adversary fighting against them wanting to receive it? Does that make sense? We, we have, I, I love this come follow me that we have the, the program because we used to read scriptures at night and we'd read for maybe like five minutes and everybody would just close their books and go to bed after we said a prayer. And it's different now we have, we read little sections and a few verses and have these huge discussions. And I feel like we're delving into the scriptures so much more as a family than we ever have. And questions come up and um, explanations are, we, we're having to explain things that we never really thought we'd, we'd have to with our kids. And we go into so many discussions and I'm, I'm loving it, but it, that is what's happening is, and we're this learning about Joseph Smith. I remember, um, always learning about Joseph Smith when I was growing up, I grew up in the church, but I never had a testimony of him until I actually went to the MTC, which is probably not the time to, to like <laughs> try to gain a testimony. You should probably have it before, but in the MTC, I remember praying to have a confirmation and a witness that he was a prophet. And I, 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 I remember praying and going to bed and having this overwhelming um, feeling come over me that of course he is, do you know? And I, I felt like I can feel the emotions now that there is, there's no way I can deny that he was a prophet of God. And there, there's been so much confirming after this past year, reading this, the book of Mormon and now actually getting to know Joseph Smith as a person. Um, my testimony just, it, it solidifies every time that we, we talk about him in our home to our kids and they're, they're learning so much more about him. But um, these experiences that we're having as a family, they bring a witness to our kids as we talk about it and, and their testimony grows. And as they have, I, I honestly think that as they have their, own spiritual experiences they will their testimonies will 
strength and, and they'll have witnesses themselves just as I did, you know, with my personal experience. Thank you, Cindy, for sharing that. I love that you kind of go back when you talk about your witness of knowing that Joseph Smith was a prophet, knowing that there is a father in heaven, knowing that there's a savior, all goes back to that experience for you in it the does. NTC. And, and I think that that for you was like your sacred grove experience where you knew it, you knew that God knew it. And you have just held on to that, that no matter what this life has brought you or that you have been through, you know exactly yes. what truth is. Yeah. Jason, I'm, I'm curious with you, Jason, have you had an experience where you have kind of held on and looked to often of your own witness of Jesus Christ? I, it's, it's interesting with our children because they don't, they don't, the spirit doesn't just testify at that moment. Like, like if we're having a a scripture reading and we're talking about the first vision, it's kind of interesting how, like with Cindy, we read about it before our missions and stuff, but we end up getting our own answers to our own prayers differently. And with our kids, as we're trying to teach them to, you know, to have faith and, that these things are right and that they need to pray about them. It's interesting how the spirit testifies. He testifies at a rate that I think they best understand. For example, um, Gavin was struggling with some things and he later shared with us that he had um, knelt down in prayer and he had, he told us he literally was crying in his prayer and he said he felt it felt to him like someone sat next to him on his bed and almost he described it almost as a physical comforting where it felt like someone was just there to support him and he knew no one was there, but he felt that presence. And so with him, he's getting answers to his prayers and, and his testimony is getting strengthened at the rate that he's needing where he's praying, he knows, and he knows now, and he will never deny that experience that he had as he was praying and asking for, for forgiveness for things that he felt that he needed to, to make right in his life. And he received that comfort and he can now testify that God lives, God hears your prayers and you can know the truth of all things through through the spirit, it will testify to you. And I know he knows that connection and that relationship exists and he can call upon it on a different, smaller scale. We're seeing things with, with Evie, where she's getting answers to her prayers and she'll come to me and say, dad, did you find your keys or something like that? And I'll be like, yeah. And she goes, well, it's good because I actually went down and prayed and she's seeing these little testimonies and these little answers to her prayers as they're, as they're being planted and growing into something much, much stronger. And I'm seeing it at different rates through all of our children at different spiritual levels. It's, it's, it's quite, it's quite awesome to watch. Awesome. Yeah. Isn't it pretty incredible to watch um, exactly right. The personal um, pillars of light that come to each of us and to our kids and how much that strengthens our own testimony. Um, I was one thing I love about Jason and Cindy is they have often and freely, and we have all benefited from it, shared their testimonies of Jesus Christ. And 
and every testimony they have borne, they have always talked about their children and always have talked talk freely about things aren't perfect and everybody makes mistakes. But this constant conversation that is happening in their home. Um, there's a question that I posed on our um, Instagram page is, are you, what kind of a witness of Christ are you? Convinced or converted? And I think as a, someone who, like myself, grew up in the church and things like that, you kind of go through the motions, you kind of go through, you know, the things you're supposed to do and everything. You're convinced that, um, you know, this is true and you have those feelings and all of that. But as you freely talk about your own conversion with your kids, how that helps convert our families. And what do you guys think or feel about how is, is it hard for you to share your testimony with your children? Um, and how do you share your testimony with your kids? Well, it's not hard at all. Cause I feel like sometimes it comes when they don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of the time, but you know what you, you just talking reminded me of uh, Joseph Smith had, he would get revelations for, um, his scribes and he'd get rev revelations for his wife and, what what's so amazing is to to be able to read um heavenly father talking specifically to people through him do you know as you read the doctrine and covenants and i remember um reading a revelation that emma got and it heavenly father was telling her to lay aside the things of the world and seek for things of a better and um can i just share an experience really quick that i did i did share yes, with my please. kids because it was so significant to me in my life. But um, that, that scripture reminded me of um, what, cause I'm from Texas and I got off my mission and I, when I went home, I felt like there was nothing there. I wanted to come to Utah. My brothers were living in Utah and I came to visit them and I just um, fell in love with Utah. So I decided that I was staying, I wasn't going back. So my mom wasn't very happy. She had just gotten me back from a mission. And then I just stayed and didn't see her for like a year, my mom and dad. And so I decided yeah. that I, it was time for me to go back and visit. And when I did, it was like the best reunion. I remember being there. There's just like no other feeling than being at home. You know, mm -hmm. you just go home and mm -hmm. you, you just feel the love of the people your, from your family and you just it was just a great experience well anyway fast forward um lots of years and I'm married and I have kids and I'm trying to run a business and life is hectic and um I just realized that I wasn't putting spiritual priorities I mean I just wasn't making an effort for my spirit spiritual um, priorities in my life. And so I thought, okay, so one day I woke up and I, I was dropped the kids off at school. And I thought today I, I need to go to the temple. And that's when the temples were open, of course. Of course. It was the best. It wasn't the best. So, but I wasn't taking advantage of that back then. Do you know, I do you just think that life is, is too busy and you, you just didn't make time like, well, I didn't like I should have, but that, that one day I did. And um, I just got dressed and I remember, and I'll never forget, I, I drove as soon as I drove into the parking lot of the temple in my head, I, I heard the words, you're home. 
And I, I will never forget that feeling because I was so overcome with the spirit and it testified to me that I knew of the feeling that I, that I had spiritually to be in, in the presence of a heavenly home and uh, my spirit knew it and it was calling me back. And I, I just think that what a witness to me that we have a heavenly home. Do you know, we have, uh, we have some, a, a goal to reach in this life to go back home and be with our heavenly parents and our heavenly father. And I, I, I do tell my kids, I told my kids that I don't know if they remember that experience, but I, I remember sharing with them of the importance of living a life and setting aside the worldly things so that we can someday, do you know, make it back home. Yeah. And I love that, um, that feeling you had in the temple of being in a heavenly home reminded you of the feeling you had in your home. And um, while everybody's circumstances are different, I think it's so incredible when you think about the context of all of us that go to the temple, the different backgrounds we have, the experiences with atonement that we have had, they vary so very much. But the love that God has for us is so strong and so simple and the same. And that's how, and, and I think of my own home and my own life, and I have four daughters um, all of them, like you, like your kids are on their own path to gain their own witness of Christ and to try to cultivate that environment where wherever you're at, it's good. And let's see what we can yeah. build on top of that. Yeah. I yeah, love great that. Girls. Ash. Oh, thanks. Well, I love them. I love them. Um, so let's skip to section eight real quick. Um, I love verses two through three. And I think this kind of goes along with what we were talking about. Um, it talks about how the witness comes. And I have this really great, I've talked about it last time, this companion study to the Doctrine and Covenants by Daniel H. Ludlow. It's awesome. For people like me who dropped out of college, it really simplifies <laughs> a lot of things. But it talks about how... Um, Revelation comes, and as we know, there's only few that saw the plates, and only, like, Joseph Smith saw that Urim and Thummim, and, you know, only a few people saw this, and it says in this book, which I thought was really interesting, that there may be some that think that the Lord should use some miraculous means to convert the world, um, that some scientific training express themselves to the effect that if scholars could see and examine the plates and learn to read them, they would bear witness of the truth of the Book of Mormon and the veracity of Joseph Smith, and the whole world would be converted. But that's what the world, that's what the world feels would be the easiest thing to do to convert all of us to the gospel of Christ. But if you, it goes on to say, Joseph Fielding Smith said, people are converted by their heart, being penetrated by the spirit of the Lord when they humbly hearken to the testimonies of the servants. And it goes on to say, our Heavenly Father is primarily interested in being in our being converted to his principles rather than being convinced of them. And he says, we are called upon in this life to walk by faith, not by sight, um, but by our own witness of Jesus Christ. And that goes right into DNC 8, um, 2 and 3, where it says, Yea, behold, I will tell you in your mind and in your heart, 
by the Holy Ghost, which shall come upon you and which shall dwell in your heart. Now behold, this is the spirit of revelation. Behold, this is the spirit by which Moses brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea on dry ground. And I think of how incredible it is that the same power that Moses used to part the Red Sea and lead these thousands of people to refuge is the same power that converts each of us to Christ. It's that same power. And it is bestowed on us on the level that we will understand and that we will cultivate. And I'm just curious, you guys, how that confirmation has come to you, especially in times well, of trials. Uh, I, uh, I, Cindy, with Cindy and her business, she's been working this business out of the inner inside of our home. I then converted this little bedroom into a, into like a, a modified living room where she could work out of. And if you, you've seen what entails with reupholstering, it's a mess. And she has come <laughs> she, to say the least. Oh my <laughs> word! To put up, you know, put she'll be using this crushed yeah. velvet, and this—you'll <laughs> find the little fibers just floating around and landing on lampshades, and it's—you'll uh, go to come into the house. He's not frustrated. He's not frustrated. No, at all. no, you'll—you'll you'll go to come into the house, and you, you're normally hoping to be greeted by your by your loving wife, but you're not. The door doesn't open all the way as you slam it into a project that's that's ready to be shipped out, and you're greeted by so. Oh, oh, but Jason, so she's so with happy. that in mind, she's so happy. okay. Now that everyone can kind of understand the direction, there is this this cute, adorable little uh, little shop up on Main Street in Kaysville. Adorable little thing, and I spotted it and I took her to it. We went late at night, peeking in the windows, and we were thinking about renting it out to give her a little a little window uh, display for her projects. Plus, she could go in there and work. It it would really be ideal for us. And, but they wanted $900 a month plus utilities. And that was kind of steep. And so we, we went and met with the guy. This, we actually did this like, like literally a week and a half, two weeks ago. And we went and met with the guy and took us mm -hmm. through it. And he, he was a, a, a very, a very nice man, very understanding, not pushy at all. And we told him that we had need to think about things and that we'd get back with him. And we came home and Cindy and I said, you know what? We, we were holding a fast already for some uh, other family members. And we thought we'd include that in our fast. And we'd say some prayers and we prayed together and, and we prayed about this. And the next day, we, I asked Cindy, I said, hey, how are you feeling about things? And she's like, well, what do you feel? And I think she had felt a certain way. But I think she later told me that she wanted to hear from me what I felt to see if it kind of uh, corroborated what she was feeling. And I told her, I said, I really don't feel good about things. I just, just kind of, I, I was excited about it yesterday and I'm not excited about it now. It's kind of left my mind. I just, I don't feel like this is something we should be pushing. And she said, that's exactly how I feel. And in the, in the scriptures where it, it, it reads that, you know, you'll, you'll be prompted. You'll have that strong feeling that, that it will be revealed to you the answers that you're in need of. And it's so silly to think that Heavenly Father is going to give me an answer over a boutique, a boutique or a little storefront in Kaysville. But he did. He's that in tune and that involved in our life that something as simple and as small as that, he, as busy as he is, involved himself 
to give both Cindy and I the answer that we, we were seeking. And it is huge to know that he loves us that much and he's there. And it's such a tiny little simple act on his part, but it has long lasting spiritual impacts on us and our relationship with him. I love that, Jason. You know, and I love that the way you tell that experience has the same power and weight as when you gave that blessing um, in your father's home. And that's the amazing thing about the power of God and him always wanting and willing to bear witness that he is there. It, I think that leads us to DNC section six, um, verses 10 and 11 kind of remind us of a really amazing gift he has given us to firm up our witness of him. Um, and it says, behold, thou has a gift and blessed art because thou, because of thy gift. Remember it is sacred and cometh from above. And if thou wilt inquire, thou shalt know mysteries, which are great and marvelous. Therefore thou shalt exercise thy gift that thou mayest find out mysteries that thou mayest bring many to know the knowledge of, of the truth Yea, and convince them of the error of their ways. And the reason why I read those couple verses, you're probably like, where is she going to go with this? Is talking about spiritual gifts that he gives us. And I think uh, I was driving in the car with my daughter, one of my daughters the other night, and we were just talking about questions that she has um, about the gospel and about Christ. And we were overlooking the valley and there were all of these lights on. And I said, you know, God gave us these gifts a little piece of him in each of us and you see all of those lights that are twinkling right now he has given a little bit of himself to all of us to feel more connected to him and I think that that's one thing that has been so amazing to watch is how you guys have really tapped into those spiritual gifts that you have to confirm your witness and share that witness with other people and um, Cindy, I think that one of the ways you do that in the most sincere, amazing way is you really feel a connection to people. You have a lot of compassion for people. And I think that is one of the most powerful things that you have done to confirm that witness. Have you ever had an experience, Cindy, where you have been with someone who has been suffering or having a hard time and you have felt that power um, well, Ashley, first God of all, with you. I think serving with time. you has helped me become like this a lot more because you are you are a great example to me of exactly what you're talking about. But several times I have had because, you know, my dad growing up, he I remember he would pray in our family prayers to have a missionary experience every day. And I never prayed for that. Let me just tell you, I was like so mortified. <laughs> when I was growing up I'm like oh my goodness what is he doing because you know when you pray for something it happens do you know if you're sincere it it, it will come even though you mm -hmm. you might not want it Heavenly Father knows what's good for you and so I um not that I pray for missionary experiences but every day I do pray that I will be guided to somebody that needs my help and I feel that I've been blessed to to be able to be in the path of somebody almost 
every day, whether it's little or bigger, but, and I'm trying, I, I, I've tried to not put off thoughts for very long. If I get somebody's name pop in my head, if I just text or call, see how they're doing or whatever. Um, but I've had so many awesome, awesome experiences with people, even like my brother has been on my mind all, all week for some reason. And I haven't called him, but he did text me this morning and I found out he had COVID and I, I wish I would have known, but I just, Aww. just talking to him, I know they're in need of help, you know, but what a blessing, what a blessing to be able to serve. And I know that that's when Christ works in us more, that when, when we allow him um, to be part of our lives through service, you know, and I, I just feel like I've, I've gotten to know so many people mm -hmm. just because I, I'm willing. And that's all it is, is I'm willing. And there was a quote from conference and I don't remember what conference it was. Um, but it says that Christ changes men who change their environment. And I think not just an environment, but your whole attitude. Like if you start praying to be able to change and to let the spirit in your life, it's going to happen. Do you know, it's going to happen. And, and, and the benefits are so great that it's, I wish I kept a journal because of all the blessings that have come to us because we're willing to serve and all the service that has been given to us too. just people listening to us, you know, and I, I've gained so many friends like that. Just, mm -hmm listening to people which has been such a blessing for me yeah I love that thank you Cindy um Jason I was just telling Cindy that I feel like one of her greatest spiritual gifts is compassion for other people and acting on promptings and just showing up where exactly where he needs her to be um and Jason I have had a couple of experiences with you watching you um, which I believe is one of your really powerful spiritual gifts is standing firm in calm and peace and power of the priesthood in people's lives. And um, I remember a couple instances where I've had the chance. Um, Jason for a time was the elders quorum president when I was serving in Relief Society. And so we would coordinate a lot um, to go into people's homes and to visit with them. And um, one of those times we were in a good friend of ours home and I remember Jason doesn't, and this is how Cindy is too. Jason doesn't need to do much of anything. He just is himself as he walks through the door and he is just a humble, I don't, everybody loves willing servant so of God. Hey, hey, don't, don't, don't cut her off. I wanted to keep hearing these compliments. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay let's look at coffee there jason i said the humble part do you remember that anyway anyway i just i remember a couple of times really powerfully um watching you from afar and actually being in the home of you just standing in this still strong presence of the priesthood in people's homes that have needed that stillness and strength to brought back and i love that god uses us through word, through action, but just through being ourselves. And I'm wondering, Jason, you shared that experience about your dad, but what about times that you have felt just by being present or just by sharing your love of the priesthood, it has 
stood as a witness of Christ to um, others, but also you. solidified it to you. Actually, I appreciate you t- you telling me that. I, I I don't know. Actually, I just know where my testimony is and where it stands, and it's been interesting. I, I I've been a detective for well about four years. I haven't really taken people to jail recently. Uh, we normally have other patrolmen take them, but. I've had some unique experiences over the last 18 years as a police officer where I'm wearing a uniform and I arrest the bad guy, you know, and I got him in my handcuffs and they're in the back of my police car. Maybe they're irate. Maybe they're upset. I don't know exactly, you know, situations dictate different people's reactions, but over it, over two dozen times while I would be taking that person to jail or driving the person in my car to where we were needing to go, whether it's an interview room or whatever. Over two dozen times, I've had people say to me, you're a member of the church, aren't you? Or they might say, you're LDS, aren't you? And I, would, I don't necessarily want to just say yes. I first oftentimes find myself saying, what makes you say that? And the answer has always been, I can feel it. And what's interesting to me is that it it testifies of two things to me. It testifies that first and foremost, I know the, the Holy Ghost is in my car with me and is my backup. I can just sense it. Maybe if somebody has hidden something that they wish to do me ill or something, he might help me catch on or he might make help make me aware of it but i just feel that he's there with me but the other thing is that he's testifying to these criminals and who knows what they've done wrong sometimes they're egregious things but he's testifying even to to them sitting in the back of my police car in handcuffs on their way to get locked up to face consequences for the bad things that they're being accused of having done. And even they can receive a testimony of the spirit and can feel it as it testifies, at least testifies that he exists, testifies that there's something in that car that they feel differently. And it to them had the spirit and it's, it's huge to me. And I'm just grateful that, that I've had so many little opportunities and they're, they end up being big to me that have helped testify of truth throughout my life. And it's those experiences that compile to that turn that little rubber band ball that you start making when you're little, really small into a big old, huge, enormous rubber band ball made up of tiny little rubber bands. And that's just where my testimony is. And that's just kind of, I just feel like it's, it's to me, it's unbreakable. I can never deny the things that I felt. And anyway, it's just things like that that help make my testimony where it is to where I don't have a doubt at all of the, of the truth of the things that we've been taught about the gospel and of, of the church, of the restoration, of the priesthood, of the prophets. It's just, I don't have a doubt. Can I say something real quick, Ashley? 
I, I think awesome, um, in our home, yes, in please, our family, yeah. I, we acknowledge Heavenly Father's hand in everything that we remember that he, we've prayed for or that he's done for us. And I honestly can testify that if, if we do that, if we acknowledge an answer to our prayer or acknowledge his hand, it was because of him it, this happened or it was because of him we feel like this. And we do it for our kids too. We, we out loud, we say it all the time. I think we will begin to notice more vividly and more clearly his hand more often. And I, I feel that our testimonies will grow even more if we do acknowledge him, you know? And so we, that's what we're, I, I've gained a testimony more doing the come follow me with our kids because I feel like every day we are acknowledging him and his spirit with us. Yeah. I think it's too, what happens is, is you recognizing his hand every day makes that light burn brighter and brighter and brighter into our soul. And um, I love that this quote I found, it says the Lord will cause the feeling of security take hold of the individual and burn within the bosom and there will be an overwhelming feeling that something is right and it goes back to what we were talking about before with your really incredible kids is that you are not as parents and the day-to-day you aren't looking to have this big grand experience for each of your kids even though it would be wonderful you know but you are just finding those little moments um showing your kids by example you recognizing God's hand in the life and then helping them recognizing his hand in their life, how that pillar of light is just growing and growing and growing. And isn't that what we're supposed to do? I think as parents, sometimes we can get really down on ourselves that we're not providing enough for our kids, but it's simple. It's what Cindy said. It's recognizing God's hand in our life, bearing that witness, and then just simply sharing that with those that we love. In that, like what you talked about in the temple, Cindy. That thanks um, you. You make it sound like we're house of the Lord. <laughs> have it together. We really don't. Well, they are. I, I'm not. I'm not making stuff up. <laughs> I'm not making stuff up. But I love this quote. And someone's and his name is really hard for me to say, so I'm not even going to pretend to say it. But I love the thought. The quote that says, "We are not human beings having a spiritual experience." We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And I think of the many experiences Jason has shared, being a cop and going into the most dark and really terrifying situations. But like you shared, Jason, God is in those moments with you because we are spiritual beings having this human experience, cultivating our light and our witness of him. And through so many different avenues and so many different situations. Um, I love what it says in DNC nine. Um, it says, but behold, I say unto you that you must study it out in your mind that you must ask of me if it be right. And if it's right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you. Therefore you shall feel that it is right. Do this thing which I have commanded you, and you shall prosper. Be faithful and yield to no temptation. Stand fast in the work, and you shall be lifted up in the last day. And I love that, how every day we just try. 
we just try to study out in our minds, what are we witnessing right now? How are we seeing God in our family? How am I seeing him in my own life? Am I looking for his hand? And when we stand fast in that work, um, that we will be lifted continually and that light will continue to burn. And that's something that you definitely sense that Jason and Cindy Norgren are trying every day to do. We're trying to cultivate that light of Christ. So so I love you guys so much. You guys. You guys are wonderful. And I, there's one last question that I asked, um, <laughs> are my friends that are so nice to join me on the Oh, forever. <laughs> but, and I hope we'll be, we're going to be friends after this, right? I mean, I think it, okay. All right, good. Um, the name of this podcast is From the Well, and I love the story yes. of the woman at the well. And Cindy, you know how much that story means to me. Um, and I am just wondering for each of you to maybe answer this question. What keeps you coming back to the well, well of Jesus I, I Christ? Well, I think about... Cindy, do you want to President start? Nelson, he, he spoke to at Women's Conference back in, in April. And I just recently listened to his, to his conference talk again. And just, just thinking about how he, he told us that we have front row seats to what Nephi saw in his visions. And it's true. We really do. We're living in the last days and it's sometimes it's hard. And when, when your husband comes home as a police officer and he says, Hey, I'm going to be on call all weekend because there might be riots again. You just look, I just drop to my knees and pray. And it's, it's these things that are happening that it's time. It's the time to get close to our Heavenly Father. It's this is the time to to have the spirit, to to have personal revelation. You know, I mean, if you've lived your life in accordance with Heavenly Father, like why why drop it now? Why stop now? I just think that I I pray so that I can be close to him to know what to do for my family just to get through. And I, I want to be um, a part of the, the amazing visions he had and not that Nephi had in the Book of Mormon and not the scary parts, you know, not the part that, um, that we'll see like just bad experiences from our bad choices. And I, I'm just, I'm grateful that Christ is there for everybody that when we ask he's he's gonna be there and he has been for me every time I hope that answers thank you Cindy um yes thank you as the world I keep observing more and more stuff that's happening and Cindy's referencing to this upcoming two weeks of inauguration where we have to all be up there and be there present because of what could be expected. And I, I think it was President Nelson who said we should not be surprised when we see the passing of prophecy. And when you ask about that, that well and why we keep coming back, it's because we, we need that water. We need that, that, uh, that to sustain us spiritually and 
in in a world where we're all just dumped in in the sea, there's some that are really good swimmers that might feel like they can tread through this world on their own, and others that are maybe more buoyant than others, I myself included. And we might feel that we can endure it on our own. And the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the life preserver. If ever you've been put in a situation where you're having to tread water or you're swimming, yeah, you may have the confidence to do it. But the moment you put that life preserver on, your work is a lot different. You're no longer trying to stay afloat. You are now able to steer in the direction you need to go. And the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that life preserver. It is. And we have so many tools, the gift of the Holy Ghost to guide us as we try to, to just steer us in the direction that we need to go. And so that one day we can be rescued by the Savior and pulled to safety. And it's it's there for everybody. And our job is to just do what we can to to offer those life preservers, offer the direction to those life preservers to help them get to know the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they can go through the turmoils of this life with that same assurity. Thank you so much for sharing your testimony and experiences and your love of Christ. I am lucky to have you two in my life and to stand as that witness and you're laughing. Oh, you guys I are amazing. It. Oh, we love so you we too. Love you. <laughs> Thanks Jason and Cindy and thank you to everyone listening. It means more than you know that you take time out of your day just to share in this experience together and I just can't thank you enough for finding this little far corner of unprofessional podcasts just to hear people's experiences coming to the well of Christ. It has been really, really sweet. And um, I can't wait to hear from who's next. So everyone have a great day. Thanks again.